The title of my uh, sermon today is Celebrate God, Celebrate God, and uh, if any of you have uh, had the TV on this week on any sports channel or news, it's been the 50th year for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the celebration of the Super Bowl. Well, we've been celebrating for 2,000 years now, <laughs> the, not only the birth of Christ, but celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus. You know, the early church, they didn't celebrate Easter. The early church celebrated the crucifixion and the resurrection. And um, it was his death upon the cross his, and his atonement for our sin that put all this together for us. And whenever Jesus in the night with his disciples said, uh, this do in remembrance of me, he was telling them to remember what I've done and never forget it. And I think sometimes our celebration uh, of God uh, gets a little, uh, I don't know, maybe we don't celebrate enough and sometimes we celebrate too much. I don't know which is worse, uh, but the, you know, if we, we just do nothing or if we know those who are over, seemingly overboard. So we need to celebrate God and celebration is to do something special, <laughs> um, something enjoyable, <laughs> something from to celebrate something as an important event. You know, uh, do, you do you remember the time in which you gave your life to Christ? Do you remember when it was? Do you remember where it was? <laughs> do you remember a time in which, you know, it's like, wow, Christ is in my heart. Uh, Christ has forgiven me. And sometimes we associate that with a, an event, a time, a day, a moment, and sometimes we kind of associate it with a progression, with a coming to the realization of. But we know that in our relationship with Christ, it is one in which we celebrate how that Christ has come to us. And in our Sunday school lesson this morning, we were talking about grace and how that God is, in, in his grace, come to us. And grace, God has, grace is God's uh, bestowing uh, his favor, bestowing his blessing, and, and it's more than just looking beyond our faults and seeing our needs. It is the, it is, it's a depiction of the character of God. It's a depiction of if, you were, if Jesus were standing here beside us and he was your best friend and he was, and, and hopefully he is all these things, and, and you knew him intimately, friendly, you know, you knew his thoughts, he knew your thoughts, what would be one of the characteristics that we would say of him? And we would say that, you know, he, he just kind of loves everybody. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't see the fault in anyone. He doesn't see the mistakes that people have made. He only sees possibilities. And whenever we're celebrating God, I think of it in, in, the, in the context that we are celebrating God in the fact that he only sees the good. Can we help? Can we have that same characteristic? Can we have the same... Um, thought pattern, that we see the good, see the good in our lives and see the good in others. And I was thinking in, in Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4, it's, and this is the Message Bible, it says, celebrate God all day and every day. <laughs> celebrate God all day and every day. <clears throat> Are there some times during the day that you don't celebrate? <laughs> yeah, when things don't go well, <laughs> when things break, when things are out of sorts, 
You see, the, in, in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And in everything give thanks that there is, a, there is this being so caught up in the celebration of God that we celebrate God's presence and giftings even in the everyday life things that don't seemingly fit what we would consider a, a, a good picture. Um, if every event in our life were a piece of a puzzle, I'm sure that there are pieces that we would hold up and say, you know what, God, this is not a good piece. <laughs> this is not something that I wanted in my life. But we find that in everything give thanks, and then also the Scripture says, in all things working together for good, all those pieces of the puzzle fit together into a divine pattern. And so they are fitly, they are fitly conformed. They are conformed so that they fit together perfectly. You know, Rhonda has this app on her phone uh, that is a puzzle. And, in, you know, at night she's playing this puzzle and you hear this kabump, you know, this clicking sound that whenever she puts a piece of the puzzle over where it goes, it clicks. <laughs> and so you only get certain pieces of the puzzle, I guess, the outer ones and the inner ones. So she's putting these puzzle pieces together and they just click. And I say, Rhonda, I have to go, I have to, go to work. You're retired. <laughs> I have to get up, you know. So and there she's clicking this puzzle together, you know. Well, it would be neat if all the things that were in our life, if we, that same puzzle thing would happen, click. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it goes there. You know, God's putting that piece here. Click. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we find these places where our life, and it's just like it doesn't click. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't click, but yet it fits. <laughs> it's happened. It's part of who we are. So this is where we are looking for and giving thanks and celebrating God all day and every day. We're celebrating him. Celebrating that we are, we, we take in t a great pleasure. We take great pleasure. We take great satisfaction in knowing that God is with us and that God is at work in our life. So we are, we, we revel in him. And it says, I mean revel in him. I celebrate God all day, every day. Revel in him. This intense pleasure <laughs> that I really enjoy God, God's presence. And that's a bit crazy, isn't it? <laughs> you walk around, you know what? I just enjoy God's presence so much. I just really revel in it. It's just, it's like you look at, what on earth? Is, who are they? What planet are they on? You know, <laughs> what have they been smoking? <laughs> you know, what, what medication have they been taking too much of? You know, we revel in God. And, and, and the reality of it is that Paul is telling the Thessalonians, the Philippines, the Philippines, he's telling the Philippians that it is part of who we are to see the goodness of God. That, that God wants us to see how good he really is. And so if we start and, and initiate and continue to celebrate and continue to look for the hand of God in every one of those pieces of the puzzle that go on during the day, you know, we pray for God's will to be accomplished as we do things, you know, going about our daily activities, you know. Pray that God would help us to make the right decisions and to have the right attitude and so on. Uh, then it goes on to say, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. Now, if we are reveling in God and we are 
celebrating God, then our attitude towards others should be that we are for them. You know? If you ask people about the church and about um, why they don't come to church, why they don't go to church somewhere, they have, they have, a, they have a, an excuse. Always, you know, they always have an excuse. People always have an excuse. If you didn't have an excuse, you would be there. <laughs> you know? So we have excuses, but even though there's excuses, we're still on their side. We're still for them because God is for them. See, God is for them. He is for us. And so if we have this understanding that no matter what's going on, what's going wrong, God is for you. And guess what? I'm, I'm for you. I'm not for your failure. I'm for your success. I'm for you coming through this. I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your success. And in your success, I'm celebrating your success. I'm celebrating the gifts that you have and how that God has touched your life. So we're celebrating these things. So I'm for you, working with them and not against them. That's Paul's telling the, the Philippians here. Making it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them, not against them. <laughs> you know, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> you know, what is it that God is doing inside of us? What is he bringing to, to the surface? And everything that he brings to the surface, he's bringing it there for a purpose. And uh, the, the next verse says, help them see that the master is about to arrive. Help them see that God is going to arrive. Now, Jesus is going to show up someday. The trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. But you know, God is here. His Spirit is here. He, he is arriving this very moment. Whenever we're talking to people, we, we, if we are reveling, celebrating uh, the presence of God, then we, God has arrived in their life because we're there. You're there. You're in their life, and God is in you, and God is there. And, and he, is, he is there. He has arrived. So what is it that God wants to reveal to the people that are lost, to those who have very little faith, have not exercised their faith? What is it that God wants them to know? That I am on their side, that I am for them, that that. And then it goes on, verse 6, don't fret or worry. <laughs> so here I am in this place of being, <laughs> no, allowing the presence of God to be there with these people, with other individuals, and that we are for them, we are for their life, that we are for their success and their relationship with God. And then Paul goes on here to say, don't fret or worry. Do you know what fret means? Fret means to gnaw. Gnaw. Do you ever see uh, a, a beaver gnaws at a tree? <laughs> you know, it just kind of keeps chomping away at it, and eventually it'll fall. Um, mice. <laughs> I know we don't have any. But mice, <laughs> they love electrical wires. <laughs> you know, they will, they will gnaw at these little wires to the point where you know, I, I it was one farmer, he was, couldn't figure out why his combine wasn't working, and uh, he got in there and 
you know, was tearing the motor apart, and there he was, this little place right next to the engine. The mice had gnawed the wire off, you know. And so there's the, they just are attracted to those things, you know. Well, don't fret or worry. Don't let things gnaw at you. Don't let things wear away. Hmm. Don't fret. Don't cause yourself to suffer emotional pain. And another, worry, another one, don't fret or worry. Worry is to think about the problem or fears. To feel or show fear and concern because you think that something bad has happened or could happen. How many have a washing machine that has an agitator? <laughs> Anybody know what an agitator is in a washing machine? It stirs it up. Do any of you have an agitator in your life? <laughs> Do you have the agitator? It's not on the spin cycle. It's on the agitation cycle. It just pumps those clothes back and forth and beats them clean, right? You know, circulates them around and all that thing. Well, in our lives, fret and worry is, you know, they're two brothers, <laughs> fret and worry, and, uh, and their main program is to agitate. <laughs> so they're going to agitate. They're going to turn things around and upside down. They're going to take your worries and they're going to take your fears and blow them totally out of, out of place, out of uh, perspective. So anytime you're getting agitated, <laughs> put, the, uh, put the washing machine on pause, okay? You know? when, my, when, I, when I was growing up, uh, we had a couple of different washing machines, um, but there was always one that my mom would keep for my dad's clothes in the mines, you know. They'd come home and, you know, she would put them through the agitating washer machine in a couple of cycles to get them clean and wring them through the wringer. You know, run them through the wringer. <laughs> so imagine that. You're going to be agitated and then we're going to run you through the wringer. <laughs> we're going to put the squeeze on you. <laughs> yeah. So... Instead of being agitated, instead of being run through the ringer, we are to celebrate God. We are to what else, revel in him. So we're not supposed to fret and we're not supposed to worry because of who we are and where we are. Instead of worrying, pray. <laughs> instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. Let your petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. That we are, you see, we can worry. Worry is, um, worry is like a rocking chair. <laughs> it's always in motion, but it never gets anywhere, you know? And so whenever we worry, we're our, we're, we got the agitator running, and sooner or later we're going to go through the ringer. Okay, But in this case, Paul is saying, let your petitions and praise shape your worries. So whenever we are reveling in God, whenever we are, what's the word? Celebrating God. Whenever we are in this place of formulating our thoughts around a subject. Okay, worry agitates and runs it through the ringer. Prayer celebrates God and how that, you know, don't tell your problems, 
Don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big God is. <laughs> okay? So we, just, we need to see how that God is shaping our life to the point that these things that have confronted us, these things that have brought us to this moment in time, we're celebrating God because he is greater than our difficulties, greater than our obstacles. And he says, let your petitions, your earnest request, that, and, and most of the time a petition is something that is written, but let your petitions be given to God with praise, expressing thanks to or love and respect for God. So we are, we are expressing our thanks and our love to God as we formulate our petitions about which we have a need. See, worry wants us to turn on the agitator and run it through the ring cycle. Worry wants, but, pray, but our prayers being our petitions are those needs now become petitions that we are presenting to God. And in the presentation, we are praising God for the answer. We are praising him for the giftings. That um, uh, if we're sick, we, we do call for the elders of the church and to pray for them. If, uh, if we are... In need, God, we supply, we pray that you will supply all of our need. According, we, we know that you will supply all of our need according to Christ, the riches that, that are in Christ Jesus. So where is it that God is not rich in provision? You see, so we are allowing the provision of the character of God to be formulated. We're celebrating those provisions. And then we are wrapping our petitions in those celebrations of who God is. So that whenever we're praying, it's not whining. Oh, God, do you know how bad I've got it today? You know, <laughs> we, we're not whining our prayers. That we're not worrying our prayers. God, do you know how bad this could really get? Do you know how bad this is? Do you, you know, it's like we're worried and it's like we're somehow throwing it as a prayer up to God and, and it doesn't go very far. God doesn't respond to our worries. He responds to our faith. <laughs> and our faith then is in the, in the character of God, in the, in, in the person of Jesus Christ. What is Jesus, what does God want to do in this situation? What does God want me to see in this situation? How does God want to use me in this situation? You know, this devotional, I, I read it this morning but in Sunday school, but I want to read it again. It's in Luke chapter 12. It says, verse 29, What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax and not to be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Don't be so preoccupied with getting that we, uh, that we cannot respond to God's giving. See, God wants to give to us. He wants, you see, like the grace and the mercy of God. They, we can't earn it. What do I have to do to get to heaven? Well, you need to, you know, get down on your hands and knees and crawl around the church ten times. <laughs> What's that? You see, our gra the grace of God is that he bestows this upon us as his gift. It's his nature. It's just who he is to forgive. It's just, it's, it's just who he is to love and, and to support and to bring gifts into our life of love and peace and joy and comfort. And, you know, he, he brings these into our lives. He presents them into our lives. So don't be so preoccupied with getting 
that we somehow forget that God wants to give. What does God want to give us? Well, he wants to give us his spirit. And the gifts of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, are for us to have active in our lives. Think on the things that are lovely, that are pure, and of a good report. In fact, that's just a little further on here. That um, in in one scripture, Philippians 4, summing it all up, my friends, summing it all up, friends, I'd, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Think about the best and not the worst. Think about the beautiful and not the ugly. You see, whenever we are wrapping ourselves in this petition and in this praise, we are celebrating God, and we need to celebrate God from the perspective of who he is. Now, we may not see the good in things that happen. We may not be able to understand the, the, the complexities of life and the, you know, how things happen the way they do and bad things come into our lives. We don't, we don't understand those things, and we don't have answers for those things, but we do have, we do have the Spirit of God. His Holy Spirit comes to us to teach us, to help us have insight, wisdom, help us have truth and mercy, help us see the truth that isn't the obvious, help us to understand what is in front of us in a way that we don't see it normally in our lives. You know, sometimes when people present their difficulties, you know, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing when, you know, you're, you're sitting with someone and they're reviewing some of the greatest disasters that you could ever imagine in people's lives and they're reviewing them and going over them. And... And how that, you know, I don't, it's beyond me how these things are going to fit. But all of us are going to have difficulties. All of us are going to experience problems. All of us are going to have these things. But in the midst of those things, well, Paul, whenever he's in prison, what does he do? He celebrates his imprisonment. Uh, You know, I'm here because God wants me here for a reason. And so until I figure that out, I'm going to write you people letters. (laughs) You know, uh, John sent to the Isle of Patmos, the death island. While I'm here on this death island, I'm, I'm going to become closer to God. And he receives the revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ on a death island. You know, so here he is sentenced to die on an island, <laughs> solitary confinement. But there he receives his, the greatest revelation. So we can't pass judgment upon things until we get beyond them. But while we are going through them, We are reveling in God. We are celebrating God. And then he goes on to say, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good. That's what he says. Paul says, your petitions and your praise, let them all become part of one. And that we're, we're, we're reveling in God and we're celebrating God. And then he says, Before you know it, there's going to be a sense of God's wholeness. You know what? I don't understand this, but this is exactly where I need to be. 
going through exactly what I need to be going through to accomplish the task that I need to be doing for the greatest good of those around me and God's glory, and he will give to me what I need to fulfill this mission, this task. Hmm. You see, that's the, only God can give that to you. Only God can bring that peace to your heart and mind that bestows that because it's his grace that comes to us. I can't earn it. I can't become good enough. See, the wages, I can, <laughs> I can earn the right to go to hell, but I, can't, I can only receive the gift of eternal life. I can earn the wages. The wages of sin is death. I can earn the right to die spiritually, physically, and spend an eternity in hell. I can earn that right. But I have to receive the gift given for us. This is the blood of Christ. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the given to you. <laughs> given. Communion. Given. Christ gave this his body, for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. This is the body of Christ given for you. What do we do? We receive it. We take it in. So, so our everyday life is this very th- thing that we are receiving from God. You know, what if we turn there and say, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to get that cup and I'm going to take that cup, and I'm going to drink that cup, and I'm going to take that piece of bread, and I'm going to swallow that piece of bread, and I'm going to get that communion. <laughs> well, we're doing that thing with life. You know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to, I'm going to make this, this is going to be a good day, I'm going to make it a good day. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm going to make it a good day. I'm going to love you even if it hurts me. <laughs> I'm going to make you love me even if it hurts you. <laughs> you know, it's going to make these things happen. No. I'm going to get this. No, I'm going to receive the gift of life. I'm going to receive the gift of today. I'm going to receive the blessing of God into my life because God wants good things to happen. When bad things happen, it's okay. God's going to turn it around. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. I'm, I'm longing for and looking for God's wholeness, His completeness to be part of who I am. And that's not something that happens and goes away. It's something that's part of us every day of our lives. God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good. Everything hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Everything is coming together, though, just as it should. Because I'm believing and I'm praying for that. So think on the things in this part, in this place of becoming, what we said in Philippians, think on the things that are true, that are noble. You can't watch the news and the, and the, the garbage of the who's sleeping with whose wife and who's killing who and who did this to whom and they're stealing and they're backbiting and these people are arrested and those people are arrested and these things happen. You have to know when to shut it off. Because we need, we need to know what's going on in the world. It's part of the world that it is. But fill your minds and meditate. When you're going to meditate on something, don't meditate on how bad people are. And don't meditate on how bad things are. 
Meditate on the things that are true, that are noble. Think on the things that are reputable. Think on the things that are authentic. Things that are true, compelling, gracious. Think about the best. Think about the beautiful. You know, turn your worries into prayers. Oh God, I don't know how this is going to work out. God, I thank you that everything works out. You turn your worries into prayer. Luke chapter 12, verse 29 says, what I'm writing, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. This is this text that I read out of my, my phone. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Not to be preoccupied with getting so that, so you can respond to what God is giving so getting you to relax and to see something more than what is the obvious. <laughs> that was last week's sermon. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over thing, these things. But you know both God and how he works. People who don't know God worry, fret. <laughs> People who know God hmm, take the promises. God, you said everything will be okay. I'm not trusting in fate and I'm not trusting in the stars. I'm trusting in God. Because he loves me and he's going to bestow his grace upon me and I don't have to earn it. He's just going to give it to me because that's who he is. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. I mean, think about it. God, steep yourself. I think of a funnel in which all this stuff is just pouring out the bottom. <laughs> steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God's provision. Where does it say that this God is going to stop providing? Where does it, where does it tell us that you're, you're on your own in this one? Where does it say that you, you know, you're lost and undone and you're never going to amount to anything? Nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere. That's a lie from the the devil himself, about how that we evaluate life on a perspective of getting and people are going to get what they deserve. But in giving, we are going, God is going to give us what we don't deserve. He's going to give us mercy. He's going to give to us forgiveness. He's going to give to us his promises. He's going to bestow his Holy Spirit upon us. That the spirit of truth is going to bear witness with our spirit. That we are God's children. And as God's children, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. As God's children, we are joint heirs with Christ. As God's children, every promise in the book belongs to us. And the promises are about provision, about making it, about overcoming, that God is going to turn, God is going to drop our giants in our path. You see, the greatest thing that took David from being a nobody to a somebody was his great, the great giant Goliath. And when he took care of Goliath, his life was on a whole different plane and a whole different course. So when we face our giants, don't worry about how big the giant is. Know that God is greater than our giants and he will help us overcome them. Amen? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, O oh God, for your divine provision. Thank you, O oh God, for bestowing your blessings on us. And God, we turn our worries our concerns, we turn them into praise. We turn them into prayers. We turn them into you, O oh God, and ask your divine provision. 
We ask for your divine health and your healing. We ask, O oh God, for your divine grace and mercy just to touch our lives again and again. Draw us closer to you. May we never take for granted the blessing that is ours in you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love to us. God, we receive these things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs>